You are listening to episode number 19 of the You Are Nourished podcast. If you frequently find yourself elbow deep in the Doritos every time you experience an emotion, be it happy or sad, and it's keeping you trapped in a cycle of restricting your calories to punish yourself, followed by eating your emotions all over again the next day, then listen up because today I'm sharing some actionable tips that can help you to find less Dorito-based ways to cope with emotions. Grab a mug, fill it with your favourite warm drink and stay tuned. Are you tired of dieting, fed up with constantly stressing out about food and sick to death of feeling like absolute rubbish because no matter how hard you try, you just can't seem to get control over your eating habits? Well, my love, you are in the right place. I'm Lauren Gafer. I'm a nutritional therapist and a mindset coach. I'm a mum of two and I happen to be partial to an oat milk latte and a Friday night gin and tonic, but I am mostly on a mission to make sure that you never go on another diet. On this podcast, my goal is to liberate you from restrictive and unsustainable diets by learning how to eat more intuitively, teaching you how to nourish yourself in body and mind, and helping you feel the best you've ever felt without ever counting another calorie again. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Now, As I have just sat down to record this episode, the people living opposite me have decided to start mowing their lawn. So (laughs) I apologise if there is a little bit of background noise of a lawnmower. I've shut all my windows despite the fact it's quite warm and I've got my mic really close to my face so I'm hoping (laughs) it's going to drown out any lawn mowing but there's not much I can do um, about that. I couldn't wait for another time because hey I have to fit these episodes in around the rest of my busy lifestyle so let's get started. All right today is all about emotional eating. Oh it's a big one. Hands up if you've ever emotionally eaten. My hand is firmly up. We've all done it and what I want to impart to you before we crack on is that it's normal we all do it. We've all done it. It's a reasonably common way to express our emotions or feel or suppress our emotions with food. And one of the things that I want to try and get across to you is that we need to stop blaming ourselves for all of these kind of food abnormalities, shall we say, be it overeating, be it binging, be it emotionally eating, whatever it might be. It's important for us to understand that there's very often a root cause as to why we are behaving in this way. And by simply blaming ourselves the whole time, that's not really getting us anywhere, is it? There's no point you emotionally eating and then beating yourself up about it and feeling guilt and shame only to do it again the next day and the next and the next if you're not actually dealing with what's going on slightly beneath the surface because you're never going to cure anything or remedy anything if you're doing it through hating yourself. There's going to be something lurking beneath the surface that needs dealing with before we can move forward. So let's just have a little dig around as to why we might have ended up in a place where we eat emotionally. There is definitely a spectrum of emotional eating, for sure. There will be some people who class themselves as emotional eaters and might eat 
a bar of chocolate or a couple of biscuits when they're feeling a bit stressed. And there will be other people who are binging frequently episodes of really chaotic eating, lots and lots of different types of food in one sitting because they cannot cope with, you know, what life is throwing at them. There is definitely a spectrum there. So wherever you are at on that spectrum, that's where you are. And there will still be tools that you can apply to help you minimise that. So why do we actually emotionally eat? Well, I think for many of us, we weren't actually taught ways to cope with our emotions. You know, if we grew up in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and sort of in the last century, probably, we were not really encouraged to express our emotions. And quite often, we were handed some food to suppress those emotions very much, you know, as a child. And we probably still do this with our own children, grandchildren, whatever, you know, if they fall over and hurt themselves, or if they're experiencing something sad, you may well give them a biscuit or a slice of cake or some ice cream or a lollipop or, you know, whatever it is to help them feel better. That's that's what we've grown up with. That is fairly normal. And also we're not, we were not encouraged as children necessarily to express our emotions or, or, be, or be given tools for that. What I'm seeing now in my own kids is that they are actually being given tools at school via journaling and mindfulness and all sorts of other ways, uh, sticking up for themselves and not accepting bullying. And it's so refreshing to see that the future generation possibly will not have as many issues as we have got because they are being given tools to express and deal with their emotions in a much more healthy way than burying them with cake. That's not to say we don't bribe our kids with food or we don't console our kids with food. I'm sure that happens for many, many families. But I really think that we are helping our kids now to move on a little bit from that and teach them that it's okay to feel and that the feelings are best out than in. And I think for a lot of us who are a bit older, we perhaps weren't taught how to express and deal with our emotions. It may also be, and this is where the kind of going a layer deeper and scratching beneath the surface, you may need to go a little deeper because, you know, for a lot of adults, they may have experienced trauma as as a child, bullying, divorce, you know, loss, any number of things. And all they had as a way to cope was food. So for, you know, a lot of adults walking this planet today, there is a, there are a lot of unresolved issues from childhood that may require additional support via counselling or therapy or any number of tools that can help to uncover what happened in their childhood. And it's not simply, well, just stop emotionally eating. So that's pointless in telling somebody that if they simply do not have the tools or if they are holding on to a past trauma. So maybe there's something in your past that you have buried, that you have not dealt with, that a course of cognitive behavioural therapy, or I'm not I'm not a, a therapist, but perhaps it might be worth seeking out some support there to help go beneath that surface and go a layer or two deeper, rather than staying stuck on this self-blame wagon when that's not getting you anywhere at all. So let's dig in to some of the tips that I'm going to share with you today 
This is probably aimed at the people who are not necessarily at that more extreme end of the spectrum or the people who perhaps do need to seek further support. But this is if you are, you know, finding it difficult to cope with stress and you're always reaching for food. If you are a cereal dieter, for example, that's often an underlying cause for overeating. And if perhaps your life is just chaotic and stressful and you don't make any time for yourself and all you're doing is rushing around grabbing snacks and then at the end of the day flopping down and calling what you're doing emotional eating. So the first port of call for me is always, are you eating enough? And once we can rectify that, Once we know that you are getting enough nutrition during the day, you are getting enough nourishment, you are getting enough food, once we can rule that out and we know that it's not simply hunger or survival mechanisms that are pushing you towards overeating or emotionally eating during the day or later in the day, then we can start to look at the other things that might be causing it. So for me, obviously, as a nutritionist, what what I like to do is teach people how to eat nutritious, nourishing foods. I have previous episodes on this. If you're in my membership, you will know very well how to do this. I have lots of recipes and tools to help you eat balanced, nourishing meals so that come the evening or the or the afternoon, whenever is your usual time for a, an emotional eating episode, you can say, well, actually, you know what? My blood sugar is, is balanced. I'm not genuinely physically hungry. Then we can look at the other things that might be at play. So number one, are you actually getting enough to eat? Um, and are you eating filling nutrient-dense foods as opposed to low-fat foods, foods very, very high in refined sugars that are going to send your blood sugar all over the place. Because quite often what might be labelled as emotionally eating is just hunger and low blood sugar. And when your blood sugar is low, you are stressed. And so it might feel stressful and it might feel chaotic um, and emotional to be eating in that way, especially if while you're doing it, you're telling yourself that you mustn't do it and that you're bad and that it's shame that's heightening the stress response and increasing your cravings even further. So number one, really, really look at your diet and, and as in diet, the food that you are eating to ensure that you are getting a balanced intake of nutrients, all your macronutrients throughout the day. And you're not simply starving or experiencing very low blood sugar. So once we've figured that out and we're all good there and you are actually getting enough to eat, then chances are that it's not physical hunger that is, you know, causing this. It's more emotional hunger. And it's important for you to try and identify whether there is some specific trigger. Quite often, it's the same thing. And this is where looking at your behaviours critically and objectively, without the filter of guilt and self-blame, we can kind of go, hmm, well, do you know what? Every time I X, Y, Z, that leads me to eat X, Y, Z. So it might be that every time you see a particular person or speak to a particular person, maybe there's somebody in your life that really triggers you. And every time you have had a conversation with them or you've seen them or gone out for coffee with them, you come home and that triggers an emotional eating episode because they're a stressful person to be around. We've all got people like that in our lives. So identifying the trigger, is it a person? Is it a situation? Is it a circumstance? Is it something that is happening over and over again repeatedly in your life that is driving you towards that emotional eating? 
And the way that you can try and identify that is when you are, you know, at that moment of going, am I actually physically hungry? Have I had enough to eat today? Yes, I have. So what actually is this is when you can just sort of take a step back, take a few deep breaths and maybe journal what your day has looked like. And then you could do that the next time and you can do that the next time. Now, I'm not saying that at that moment of journaling that you're not going to end up eating emotionally. You might well do, but it's about identifying what it is that's actually triggering that, what's setting it off. Because once you've done that, you can begin to put other things in place to address that thing, whatever that might be. You can say, well, do you know what? Actually, it's my boss or it's my job or um, it's a person. And you can begin to set better boundaries for yourself so that you are not constantly allowing these stresses in that are leading you to engage in unhealthy behaviours around your eating that's making you feel chaotic and, and guilty. Nobody needs that kind of stress in their lives. And it's just compounding the stress that you're already experiencing. And speaking of stress, do you have any stress relieving habits in your day-to-day life? Or are you running around like a headless chicken after 400 different people and at the end of the day, there is nothing left in the tank for you? This is super common, especially for women, mothers, wives, especially for those of us in the quote-unquote squeeze generation. We're being pulled in all directions with young children, teenagers, and potentially you know elderly parents. That is a massive stress for a lot of us who are in our 40s and 50s. We give and we give and we give and we don't leave anything for ourselves. What are you doing to support your own emotional health? What are you doing in your life that's actually bringing you joy? Because quite often, if we do not have an outlet for our emotions, if we are not doing anything to support our emotional health, or we're not doing anything to spark joy in our lives, then we are going to seek that out from food. Because let's face it, chocolate cake tastes bloody delicious and can make you feel really good for a short time, unless you've eaten the whole thing and then you're beating yourself up with a stick about it. There's no denying the fact that sweet, high-carbohydrate foods feel good and taste good and are a legal way to find solace. Obviously, there are many illegal ways that people choose to find solace. So food is probably a better option than one of those. But again, it is about getting beneath that surface and finding some other things in your life that are going to help you cope with your emotions so that you're not always reaching for food. So what I want to encourage you to do is to choose one thing, one activity, an exercise, a habit to start that's going to relieve your stress. It doesn't matter what it is because it's going to be different for everybody. Some people like running, some people want to sit in a sauna, some people like to do both not at the same time, obviously, one after the other, but whatever it is that you know you enjoy, be it a form of exercise, be it spending more time with animals, be it spending more time with the people that actually lift you up and bring you joy, rather than those people that actually drain you of all of your joy, be it mindfulness, be it meditation, it doesn't matter. It's going to be different for everybody, but I want you to find something that you know is going to help you. Maybe you did it in the past, but you've kind of let that habit slip. Maybe there was something you used to do that you really enjoyed, but life got in the way and you stopped doing it. What was that? Try and identify something that you know is going to support your emotional health and start 
doing it, start really small, be it five minutes a day or three times a week, but do it in a way that you know you can stick to and schedule it in. If it's a five minute meditation from a, a you know an app that you've downloaded on your phone, amazing. Find a time of day when you know you have five minutes and put it in your diary. Is it going back to the gym? Is it going for a swim? Schedule these things in as though they are appointments because they are appointments with yourself and they are just as important as all the appointments you have with other people and just do it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And there will be times when you will make excuses not to, when you will end up you know, making great progress and sabotaging your efforts. We talked about self-sabotage in a previous episode, but push through that because you deserve it. Because a lot of the other habits that you're engaging in, like the emotional eating, are because you don't have these other healthier habits in place, these other outlets for emotion and these other joyful activities that actually can replace the joy that you're seeking out in food. So let's recap those actionable tips to help you stop emotional eating. Number one, are you actually eating enough? And if you are not, rectify that and make sure that you are. Number two, identify the trigger. What's actually causing you to reach for food? Is it something that's happening frequently that you can address? And if so, address it. And number three, for goodness sake, take care of yourself find something that's going to bring you joy and address your mental and emotional health. And that's going to really help you to have more of an outlet and more tools in your emotional toolkit to support you. I do have um, a full workshop on emotional eating. I will leave the link to that in the show notes if you wanted to go a little bit deeper and learn some more tricks and tools on how to help you deal with this. It's a one hour workshop where we go into these tips plus some other ones in a lot more detail. So grab that if you want to go deeper on this topic. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your valuable time with me today. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, I would truly appreciate it if you shared it with a friend. Also, don't forget you can find all the resources, links and show notes over at youarenourished.com forward slash podcast. See you next week. Bye for now.